Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Bud, where we speak with entrepreneurs, investors, thought leaders, researchers, advocates, and policymakers who are finding new and exciting ways for cannabis to positively impact business, society, and culture. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. And our guest today is Alfred Miranda. He's been head of technology at MedMen. He's been chief information officer at Acreage Holdings. He works with companies in helping advise them on technology in the cannabis space. I'm excited for this. I think technology is one of those domains inside cannabis that is still developing, maybe somewhat euphemistic way of putting it, but you know, as an industry, and I think it's one of those areas that we're just kind of understanding what the needs are, what the possibilities are, and, and really kind of getting, bringing in approaches, thinking from where many other industries are quite advanced uh, into the cannabis industry. So I'm excited for this conversation and kind of talking about where are we, where are we going, what is the state, what is the opportunity of, of technology inside the cannabis industry. So with that, Alfred, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me, Bruce. Yeah, it's a pleasure. You know, before we get into, uh, you know, what's going on in technology and, and cannabis today, give us a little bit of background. I mean, you've, you've had some really interesting experience. I'm curious to hear about that. I'm curious to hear about how you got into cannabis with technology, like what, what the transition was and, and why you made that. And then we can kind of, we can dig into where we are now, but give us the history. Sure. So I, I've been in cannabis for about four years now. I think I've worked with every 
cannabis technology that starts with some type of synonym for cannabis. My background is really peppered with working for very large companies, large financial institutions, several different startups, uh, everything from uh, music to blockchain. I've always managed to keep a very entrepreneurial spirit, even at the large companies I've worked with. But it was about, I want to say seven years ago now, that my father suffered a, a pretty serious stroke. And although he was trending in a way that he was getting better, it really wasn't until he started taking CBDs that I, I really truly noticed a, a difference. And uh, even to this day, he's recovered for the most part. I can still tell when he has taken his CBDs or when he hasn't. So it really impressed me just um, the benefits of, of, of cannabis and, and things like CBD. So I, I really made a conscious decision to jump into the industry and see what I could do to move the industry forward. I was fortunate enough to work for a company called Marijuana Packaging that uh, is a large distributor in the United States and uh, landed a, a gig at MedMen, which was uh, both interesting and educational. Yeah. And there I, I worked pretty much in every area. Uh, I really wanted to learn a significant amount about the industry. So I worked in almost every area of the company from grow to manufacturing to uh, working on the retail floor. Yeah. And I'm curious, when, when you got involved in MedMen, how, where was the company? How many, how many locations? How many people? I was employee, gosh, I want to say 256 okay. at the time. So it was still early. I think everybody still knew everyone's names. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was really early on in the company and uh, it grew rapidly. I don't think I've ever worked for a company that was growing as quickly and uh, you had to scale as quickly. There's a lot of times where you'll, you'll talk to different companies and companies will say, we're growing rapidly. In my career, this was the fastest growing company I've ever worked for. Yeah, I can imagine. And what I'm kind of curious, what, when you made this, the switch or when you entered kind of the cannabis world, what, what pieces did you know you were going to need to kind of adjust or, you know, whether it's your kind of style or leadership or management or kind of approach and what things were kind of surprising once you got in there in terms of, you know, what, what, once you got on the ground and started working in cannabis, what was the, you know, what, what kind of took you aback, if anything? For me, it was, it was really the compliance piece. Compliance in cannabis is, is paramount. And it was fascinating to me that there were so many technologies that existed that quote unquote were compliant, but really weren't. Just because you're integrated with metric or biotrack doesn't make you a fully compliant system. So trying to figure out ways to automate compliance that would make things easier for retail associates, that would make uh, things easier from an inventory perspective, distribution, from a grow perspective. These were the, the true challenges I faced. For me, it's really important that technology add value. And one of the ways that t technology can add value is really to introduce operational efficiencies. So really understanding how technology can bring benefits to an industry is important because implementing technology for technology's sake 
uh, doesn't benefit anyone. So that was the, the challenging part for me was really to understand the business, to understand the regulatory pieces and see where I could introduce technology without it being a hindrance. Yeah. And um, I guess what did, in terms of just general technical thinking, I mean, uh, when you when you got involved, I mean, obviously, you know, MedBen was a you know, kind of particular case with a particular plan. I mean, I, I guess, was technology, you know, front and center in terms of strategy? Was technology an afterthought? I mean, how did you see, you know, the companies kind of approaching technology in the cannabis space? Well, I was fortunate that the president of the company at the time was a very much a, a technology forward thinker. He had implemented a, a custom ERP solution that uh, really was the, the backbone of the company and also uh, was the, uh, the point of sale system for the company. And when I started and I, I really saw the benefits of that, we came to a decision pretty quickly that we would build the next generation of that platform which would run the entire company. And it was, it was unfortunate, and I guess fortunate as well. Uh, generally, when an industry starts like that, and it's, it's new, there aren't a lot of technology offerings in place. So really, you have to build a custom solution. You, you almost have no choice. And the reason I say it's unfortunate is because building a custom solution can be costly. And then you get caught up in really kind of... Uh, what is the scope? And then there's always a little bit of scope creep. But he uh, he was a he was a true visionary, and uh, he really kind of led the charge and was the owner of, of what we called MedMen 2.0. And we custom built from the ground up a point of sale system. It did age verification. It managed daily limits. It tracked inventory across all the stores across the various states as well. And it, it was it probably was and is still the uh, only fully compliant ERP POS system in the industry. So it, uh, it was fortunate that, uh, that Andrew had that vision. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit more, because I think it's an interesting kind of strategic sort of situation or strategic choices. You know, you, you mentioned that for an early industry, you know, if you're, you know, kind of leading edge company, which clearly MedMen, you know, has been, uh, that that's a big decision to say, hey, look, we're, we're going to do a complete custom build you know, obviously takes time, takes a lot of resources, takes a lot of capital investment versus, you know, kind of waiting, waiting for third parties to kind of start to build out some of these pieces and just kind of take advantage of stuff that's, you know, more off the shelf or at least, you know, service provided. Was that a hard decision? Was that pretty clear strategically? I mean, uh, tell me a little bit about how that decision was made. I, I think, unfortunately, it was the only decision at the time. Yeah. Currently, there are a lot of technologies in place, but one of the things that the conclu- especially the, for me early on, one of the conclusions I came to was we really want to try as much as we could to implement technologies that were scalable and implement technologies that weren't necessarily industry specific. But unfortunately, at the time, there are a lot of companies, for example, Oracle does not work with cannabis. So it, you couldn't just decide I was, you know, we're going to use Oracle's ERP system like most companies. So we had to kind of bob and weave and really do some research to find companies that we could work with that would allow us to scale. So my concern was having implemented large scale ERP systems before across multiple countries 
was how do you implement an ERP system that's both scalable and one that you can work with that will benefit the company? Because as you may know, once you implement an ERP system, backing out of an ERP system oh, is, yeah. is virtually impossible. Uh, just just talking about it out loud is... is uh, it's a scary prospect. So, <laughs> Shudders through your spine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the decision really is, you know, which one do I select and do I try to build something? And we were fortunate enough that we found that, you know, Microsoft was open to working with us. We used their ERP as a backbone and built a custom POS system and did some customization from a finance and an inventory perspective, as well as at the grow and integration with metric to create a, a really robust system. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It's, I mean, you're, you're basically a software company, <laughs> internal, yeah. kind of an internal software company you know, with one client. It's fascinating. I, didn't, I hadn't quite thought of it. I mean, I guess I, I appreciate it, but I hadn't quite thought of the fact that you know, someone like Oracle might say, look, we're not going to work with you because you're a cannabis company. You can't use our ERP system. Um, mm-hmm. Is that? I'm curious how that discussion went. Was that just a, a flat out, hey, just don't even talk to us because you're in cannabis? Was it a, hey, you know, let's figure out what we could do, and then it ended up not working out? I mean, I, I mean, I know this happens on banking and stuff all the time, but I'm just kind of curious how the conversation happens on technology and at what level. I mean, it's like I understand that, hey, we, we're not willing to work with you on an ERP level, but you know, if you want to use our database or you want to, you know, what level of tools or what level. Do you have to go down to before the companies either don't care or don't think about it? You know, in terms of what are, what business are you in? Well, that that's interesting. I, you just reminded me of, of several stories in terms of uh, of conversations that I've had with with several cannabis companies. The thing that uh, is interesting is that when you have the initial conversation, like say you're looking for procurement software, which fundamentally is a very basic tool and very, very beneficial to to companies that are growing. You have the conversation, the the salespeople get very excited, and then you turn the corner on the conversation to what it is that your company does. And you don't want to be dishonest. You have to be forthright. And the moment you say cannabis, there's a a silence, a kind of a hush (laughs) that falls over the room. And and generally, what what uh, the companies do at that time, or the salespeople do at that time, is uh, tend to stutter, and then the usual comments come up like, "Oh, we're really going to need to check with uh, some people here. We need to run this up the flagpole. We'll get back to you." And I would say probably once we heard that, maybe yeah. about ninety percent of the time, uh, sorry, unfortunately, we can't work with cannabis. So, so you're hoping because generally, you know, my approach and I think most technologists approach would be, let's look at the best of breed software that's out there. Okay. Now let's look at the second best. Okay. Now let's look at the third best. Now let's just see who will work with us. (laughs) And, and what's unfortunate there is that's when you begin scraping into these um, companies that are, are cannabis specific who unfortunately can't scale aren't compliant, aren't very mature, and you have to balance those decisions out because at the end of the day, although I'm very capable, my team was very capable of developing software, I have a pretty long career in in software development, I don't always want to build the solution first just because of the cost and the effort. So if I can find the solution, that's fine. I think you and I both know there is no such thing as a turnkey solution. There yeah. is no perfect solution out there. But if you can get me 75% of the way there, I'll take it. 
but uh, yeah, there's a lot. You you would be surprised, or maybe you wouldn't be surprised. There's a lot of parts of the business where you just cannot use to a best of breed software for the industry. Yeah, yeah. I'm not too surprised. I mean, I, even in industries where I think it should be available, I often find it's not. But it's um, yeah, just doing a, a real custom build, you know, is is kind of a Herculean task and. You know, then it ends up creating not, not only you don't have to build, but then you need to maintain, and you know, ultimately you are you become a software organization. So it's it's a not not a small commitment. So you mentioned compliance a couple of times. I'm curious, given the fact there are a lot of regulated industries, you know, you have pharmaceutical, financial services; these are all highly regulated. Give us a sense of how cannabis regulatory kind of context from a technology point of view is is similar, and how is it different from some of these other industries? Sure, it's I would say, especially in financial services. Compliance is a lot more straightforward, and it's regulated at a at a federal level, so it makes it a lot a lot easier, especially when you're working in a, in a national company as as a controlled substance, uh, and currently as a scheduled substance, it varies from state to state. So the interpretations of the regulations of the different compliance factors can be fast. A good example would be, especially when you purchase cannabis, um, how the receipt looks. If you're in Nevada and you purchase cannabis, you need to have lab results for each product that you buy. So the requirements for what your system is capable of doing is going to vary greatly from state to state. And cannabis is always going to be a controlled substance. Even once legalized, there are going to be requirements that are going to differ from financial services and from some pharmaceuticals. But because it is cannabis and it will always have, maybe not always, but it, it'll have a certain stigma to it, the, the regulatory requirements for it are always going to be greater. And also just how you manage the product. I think one of the, the factors from a technology standpoint that I see lacking in the industry or that companies tend to forget is that you need a backbone system that's going to track a product from the moment that uh, you know the seed is growing and how it changes rooms to how it's dried, how it's dis- the decisions around how it enters into manufacturing, whether it's going to end up just being flour, or is it going to be some type of tincture, how it's distributed, how it's inventoried in a retail location and how it's sold. Because should something go wrong, you're going to need to be able to track that particular uh, item all the way back to to a batch that you can either destroy or you can track. It hasn't happened in cannabis yet. doesn't mean that it won't. And the moment that that happens, that's going to be a very costly and dangerous prospect for a company. A lot of companies really forget that. So from a compliance perspective, that's one of the things that I've become very familiar with. In the industry, I've spent a lot of time researching and understanding. It's virtually impossible to build a solution without knowing that. That's why I tend to bring it up a lot because a lot of technologies that are out there that are cannabis specific, they tout themselves as being compliant, but they themselves don't even really know what that means. And that's unfortunate because there will be a point in time when a company will need a compliance system and assume they have a compliance system and then will be in significant dire straits because of the fact that they've chosen the wrong system. Is this a bit of a gamble? I mean, are people, do you feel that companies are taking calculated or uncalculated risks associated with, you know, what they implement, how they implement it? And, and, you know, relative to this unlikely but high impact 
aspect of, you know, if, if something goes wrong on the consumer side or there, there's a, a consumer issue with the product, the ability or inability to kind of trace it back to, you know, where it was processed, where it was grown. What's your general sense on how the industry is addressing this? Well, I, I don't want to say it's a calculated risk because that that almost has negative undertones around <laughs> the liability associated yeah, with that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There, there's, there's nobody wringing their hands in some back room to making this decision. I, I think what it is, is our industry as a whole right now is, is facing a consolidation. I mean, everyone knows that. Everyone sees that. Yeah. The way the industry is currently, there's a, a focus on retail and retail growth. And, it, and retail is unfortunately a necessary evil in our industry because that's that's really the only way to get the product to the consumer and the focus on retail growth is significant it takes a lot of focus and it takes a lot of time and energy so i think really a a lot of companies in our industry are, are currently distracted with that growth and that's the reason why they need a system in place ASAP. And sometimes the appropriate amount of thinking isn't done to select the system. In all honesty, for me, the way I look at our industry and the way our, our kind of our, see our industry evolving is that you'll hear a lot of comments made where, you know, this cannabis company is the apple of weed or yeah. this company is, is set to be the Walmart of weed. In reality, industry or, or companies should be striving to be more the Amazon of weed where you have the infrastructure in place to scale appropriately. Because at the end of the day, people are going to want to get their cannabis online and have it delivered like everything else. Yeah, yeah. Again, retail is a necessary evil right now as it stands. But if you can have your systems and backbone in place for the switchover so that you can appropriately do things like delivery and create a true delivery model, not one of these ice cream truck models or these models where really you're losing money with each delivery just to be able to offer the service and capture the customer. I believe that's the future where, where companies will have situations like they will have non-storefront licenses so that they're really focusing on the logistics and, and how delivery can work in the future and, and how you can manage customers' expectations appropriately and communicate with them in the way that Amazon communicates with their with their customers. So for me, I, that's, that's why I think technology is so important. I think the decision is so important because the focus on retail growth is kind of a short-sighted one. And, and the focus on technology and logistics is really where the future is of our industry. Yeah. And how, I guess, how do you see or how would you kind of suggest companies kind of deal with the situation we're in with these, you know, state-by-state markets, you know, each with their own kind of ball of wax when it comes to regulation and how the industry is structured and licensing and, you know, essentially different markets and this kind of, you know, future nirvana that we're all hoping for in terms of a federal legalization and, you know, more of a national market, federal market on these things. But but how do you kind of bridge the, you know, where we are now versus where we're going? And, you know, given your experience in, in, with some of these MSOs and, you know, people that are trying to do this at some level, you know, or, or you know, create some type of infrastructure, you know, model for, you know, a federal, you know, kind of a federal market or a national market, but yet still dealing with these state by states. Like, what's, what's What's the strategy right now, given the situation we're in? That's a great question. Well, aside from bringing me in to help, (laughs) it's really an interesting one. A lot of MSOs, a lot of dispensary groups are very regionally focused. You have companies like Acreage, which I work for, that tends to focus a lot more on the East Coast. MedMen really kind of had a a national focus. 
Uh, I think during this consolidation, people have really become more regionalized. I, I, I think that the, the best approach is really to take a look at the compliance of the different states, which is something that, that we did at Medman and at Acreage, and have an approach of looking at the most complex state and making that your baseline. Once you've done that, everything else somewhat falls into place. Not always, and it's not always that straightforward and easy, but once you have that understanding, and of course other, other factors come into play like outside of compliance, like marketplace and, and demand, but um, that's really the approach I have. You choose the most difficult one and you make that your baseline. And also, I think it's important for a lot of these groups to have a national perspective and and not be so intimidated. I get really frustrated when I, I talk to to different groups and different companies and and they'll make comments like, oh, California is too complicated or California is too scary. It, it really isn't. It's uh, it has its challenges and it and, and it's you know sometimes things that are difficult or things you have to work for are worth having. So I, I just say don't be afraid and, and really focus on compliance and focus on things where states are are the most complicated states and use that as your baseline. Yeah, so, just kind of abstract from there for the simpler versions. Absolutely. Yeah. And where are we in terms of kind of the, the software industry for cannabis, you know, companies? What what do you see as being areas of technology that, you know, we have, you know, solutions for? Where do you see the big kind of needs? Are there any gaping holes that you think, you know, companies there are opportunities for companies to fill from a technology point of view? Give us your take on the cannabis technology landscape right now. <laughs> oh wow. It's a broad question. So the way I look at it right now is uh, it's interesting. Having come through the dot com days, having come through different uh, segments of different industries as, as startups. What tends to happen is initially, and we all saw this, where money was just being thrown at at um, cannabis providers, and then ultimately they became MSOs, and more money was being thrown at them. And now you see a lot of money being thrown at the technology. So you would be hard-pressed to find anyone in the cannabis industry today at any company of any size that would say, I'm ecstatic with the software I have. No one's going to say that they're happy. Every single piece of software out there that's built specifically for cannabis is lacking in some way, shape, or form. And when I say lacking, it's really at very important levels. The, the last thing you want to worry about with a platform is whether it's compliant or not. Yeah. You don't want to worry about, oh, is it managing my inventory levels? correctly? Is it managing my sales correctly? Is it tracking my grow correctly? These are all costly areas that I have seen so many of these software providers neglect or have problems with that once you've implemented them, they'll come back to you and say, oh, we're aware of this problem. Or you'll work directly with the state. Like for example, you work with New York and the state of New York is very aware of software issues to the point where they will allow you to pass on certain regulatory issues because they know it's a system level issue. So right now, a lot of money is being thrown into the technology around cannabis. Unfortunately for me, it's a lot of uh, good money after bad or bad money after good, where it's propping up an industry that really has a limited lifespan. As we get closer to legalization, a lot of these companies that are out there that won't work with cannabis today are going to work with cannabis 
And then you're going to be stuck with a system that isn't only something that's not scalable, but also something that it's going to be very, very difficult to back out of. And and there's going to be a lot of loss of support as companies start to move to technology platforms that are actually out there and can do the job more effective and efficiently than these very cannabis-specific softwares. Yeah, it's, it is just a, a fascinating business situation or industry situation with you know, the pending federal legalization. And <laughs> you, just, you can just hear everyone's lined up at the, <laughs> at the, mm-hmm. at the edge of the industry just waiting to kind of jump in once they, they legalize. So, I, yeah, it's going to be curious if some of these companies can kind of get their systems to levels where they can really get some solid traction and, and uh, solid technology and, and survive the onslaught of you know the general industry players on some of these things. So no. Absolutely. It's, it's interesting to me because the industry is trying to find its way and yeah. – uh, you know, one of the things is, of course, through technology, but, you know, the industry tends to chase rainbows a little bit where it tends to look at things and say, well, you know, we could be very much a, a large scale retailer or, 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 you know, they bring people on board who have retail backgrounds and, and try to make cannabis out to be like jeans. And it's, it's, it's not the same. It isn't a pair of jeans. It's a controlled substance that really has to be tracked and managed effectively very much like a, a pharmaceutical. It's also a little bit different than a CPG because it is a controlled substance. So the industry is trying to find its way, and, and it will eventually. And I think there are some companies out there that, uh, that are doing a, a great job of pursuing not just technology, but a, a approach. There's a, there's a company in LA called Flower Company that does delivery and and does delivery well and has a great technology approach that I, I think is probably the right way or a good template for the way the industry should evolve. But, uh, you know, the industry is getting there step by step and I'm, I'm here hoping that I, I can help guide it to a certain extent. Yeah. Uh, and, and talk to us more about what you're focused on today, the companies you're working with, what problems, challenges are you helping them with? Tell us a little bit about your work today. Yeah, really, it's, it's, it's about working with uh, not just large-scale MSOs, but like I said, smaller dispensary groups and helping them understand what technology is, is the right approach. From a budgetary standpoint, it's really about understanding what your company needs and what you're willing to spend on technology. There are some really good platforms out there. There are some really good up-and-coming platforms out there that can help a company scale and help them be competitive without breaking their budget. What I'm doing right now is I'm, I'm helping act as an advisor right now so that I, I can, as I said, I, I can kind of help the industry move forward. Yeah, that's great. If people want to find out more about you, about the work that you do, what's the best way to get that information? I think probably LinkedIn is a good way to reach out to me or, or reach out to me by email, Alfred Miranda Jr. at gmail.com. That's JR for Jr. And uh, yeah, they could reach out to me there and, and I'd be glad to help. Yeah, I'll put the uh, I'll put the LinkedIn and the, uh, email in the show notes so people can get that information. Alfred, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. Really good, great insights. I always love talking tech, and I appreciate your time. Bruce, thank you so much. You've been listening to Thinking Outside the Bud with business coach Bruce Eckfeld. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets, and access other great content visit the website at thinkingoutsidethebud.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at thinkingoutsidethebud.com forward slash newsletter.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.